What? The food? What? 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 <laughs> I mean, this is an area of history that's just like so deep. And over the baguette. Themes of empire, mission, inheritance, and destiny. Hello and welcome back to What The Food. If this is your first time here, welcome, pull up a chair. This is a podcast that aims to uncover the fascinating origin stories behind dishes from all around the world, both popular and obscure. I've just remembered last episode, I said mm-hmm. that I wasn't going to say dishes anymore because I wanted to include like, like just food items and yeah. and drinks. You've messed that up then, haven't you? I've messed it up because it's there. It's, in, it's like riding a bike. Once you know, once you know that intro, mm. it's just, it's there, but it also means yeah. you can't change it. Anyway, yeah, it's not right. just food. Drinks and all. Yeah. It's a whole thing, isn't it? Everything that you kind of get sustenance from. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, But yeah, so welcome. It's good to have you here. Andy, what are we looking at today? Well, Miles, we are taking our very first steps into the world of Canadian cuisine, eh? Ooh, hard hard accent, I think. The Canadian Hard accent, accent, eh? eh? Mm, What I love most about Canada, eh? Is that they have the moose, eh? Moose. uh, Getting the moose. A boot. A boot. A boot. A boot. I've heard, yeah. I heard nothing about it. It's like a little bit Scottish in a way, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah, I think so. Some of it's are. Well, it's just a pretty mental place, isn't it? Because you've got some mm. kind of like, obviously completely French speaking places, yeah. but then you've also got kind of like hillbilly English sounding places. Mm. Yeah, cool place, Canada. Yeah, a, a, a mixing pot of lots of different mm. kind of cultures, it seems. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, yeah, and they've got uh, maple syrup. Mm. And they've got uh, mooses. Moose. Mice. They really care about maple syrup, don't they? That's on their, that's on their flag. It's, yeah. it's, it's right yeah. there as the proudest mm. emblem of their country. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So they you know, they, they, they get it from the mooses. That's how they get it. Yeah. So they <clears throat> they get mooses to climb trees to nibble at the top and then it yeah. releases the sap. Yeah. And then that transforms into maple syrup by the time it gets to the maple bottom. Syrup, exactly. And then they have carts that lead it off um, to the estuaries yeah. and then they, then they use canal boats to transfer it to the rest of Canada. So yeah, it's mad actually. Yeah, it is crazy. And they also extract little bits from the jowls of the moose as well. Because, um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> I tried to keep my cool, but the word jowls got me. Jowls. <laughs> oh, Canada. I've never been to Canada, Canada. but um, it's it's up there on my list. We yeah, did, uh, we did Pad Thai last week and we're talking about um, Thailand and that again is up there. Mm. But I think yeah, a lot of these countries are on your list. Yeah, just below that, I think is Canada. I just yeah. love them. Um, I love the fact that it's kind of got every kind of climate and terrain in one country. Mm. You can go into yeah. mountains, you can ski, snowboard, but you, there's hot areas. There's, there's just low, there's mountains, there's woods, there's there's everything. Love it. Just love, love, it. love it. I think I'd love yeah. it. I think you'd love it. Yeah. yeah. Maple syrup, hockey, snow, moose, mm, apologising. And of course, the topic of today's episode, poutine. 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 So this is normally uh, the point in the episode, Bones, where I ask you if you have eaten the food that we're chatting about mm-hmm. today. But I know for a fact that you have, because we lost our poutine virginity together at the same time. We did. We in did. the same place. We've had it twice, I think, haven't we? We've had it twice together. The vicinity of each other is just like, just a social thing we do, isn't it? We just, just meet up for a poutine once a yeah. year. Yeah. Fancy a poutine, Miles? Yeah, it's um, it was just as weird the second time we had it as it was the first. Yeah, the first time was like a airport pop up thing, wasn't it? That was bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah, like was, trying to um, tempt us to leave our homes and travel like three thousand six hundred miles to a completely different continent just with chips and gravy. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, was that that was like um some kind of like Canada tourism board type it thing, was. wasn't it? Yeah, man, it was a solid marketing strategy. They they they're confident in this trifecta of uh, scram. They know. Uh, yeah. So, so well, well, should we give some context because. Basically, Andy came to visit me when I was living in London and we went out to Shoreditch, to the market in Shoreditch. Can't remember mm. the name of it. It's going to really annoy me that I can't remember. Shoreditch Market. Shoreditch Market. Mm. And in there, yeah, like you said, there was a pop-up poutine 
little cafe i would describe mm. it yeah it was well it was branded air canada wasn't it air canada yeah it was yeah it was run by like the, yeah the tourism kind of slash flight board of canada mm. making it was their real um, national pilots dish. in the kitchen making poutine <laughs> <laughs> that salary like getting put to good use <laughs> frying chips <laughs> <laughs> well they've not yeah. got enough flights so like they just they have to get in the kitchen and make yeah. poutine so they can drop up more flights <laughs> yeah. it's a vicious circle the Canadian <laughs> marketing <is>. agency <laughs> tourism board yeah poutine so, but yeah like you said we've had it a few times since then but I think that was the best time mm. I just don't definitely like up here because we had it in Leeds didn't we yeah some cheese curds we just don't get them around these ends yeah I'm sure we'll go into all of that mm. but um, yeah very strange mm. concepts yeah yeah anyway for those of you who have never eaten poutine before i have no idea what this canadian delicacy actually is let's lay it on thick for you shall we so what is poutine poutine is a simple dish really it's essentially made up of three ingredients all slapped on top of each other first you've got like a bed of french fries then you top those fries with some of your finest cheese curds before merging all of the components together with a lovely lumpy rich brown gravy yeah cheese and gravy it's basically cheesy chips with gravy in it like the end of the day that's what we're it talking is. about here. Yeah, it's a poshed up yeah. cheesy chips with gravy. Exactly. Um, of which I've never been a fan of. I don't understand. I mean, yeah, even having had poutine, I'm still not kind of won over by it. No? No. The, the cheese and gravy combo. You are, you are, I think you either get gravy with your chips or cheese. Let me ask you a question. When mm. you order fish and chips, do you get gravy? No, because right. gravy with fish is just not right if yeah. i'm getting just a portion of chips then f- yeah go for it gravy fine but if i'm getting fish and chips the gravy needs to be omitted mm. Mm. you don't like them flavor combinations together what happens no. if it was a fish gravy <laughs> like a fish <laughs> reduction <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um i don't know but have to try right. it right. depends on the recipe right okay there is something about this dish that canadians just absolutely love mm. walk down any street in the likes of uh, montreal or quebec um, and you'd be hard-pressed to not see some someone tucking into a hearty plate of poutine it's everywhere mm. you know it's a dish that is renowned for its hangover lifting abilities um and it's always enjoyed as like a pre-hangover snack as well like a midnight snack you know rather than mm. done a kebab get yourself yeah. some poutine poutine before you go home chunder makes sense yeah yeah stodgy it's primarily chips it's gravy it's kind of well, exactly yeah you just yeah. it's just like cheesy chips isn't it you just you mm. see that all the time in takeaways around here don't you yeah anyway yeah to make a good poutine preparation is absolutely everything you must take the time to properly obtain and prepare all three ingredients if you want a good serving of poutine first you want like freshly cooked perfectly crispy french fries mm-hmm. next you want like squeaky fresh cheese curds cut into kind of small bite-sized pieces squeaky squeaky <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and finally, but obviously most important of all, because the whole dish is kind of swimming in it, you want like a rich gravy that's made mm. from scratch, really. None of that Arbisto nonsense. You don't want that on no, your chips. No. You don't, you don't want but that. But it's all, it is all, like you said, very important because it, you, mm. you build it, it starts on the base of the chips. If they're not yep. crispy, then when that cheese hits and when that gravy hits it, you're going to get mush. So that, yep. that that beginning bit has to be right. Mm-hmm. You've got to have crispy chips. Exactly. And then yep. the, the cheese has got to be good quality cheese. Mm-hmm. And then, the, like you said, the gravy that's the pr- predominant flavour across the whole thing then has to also be really good. Yeah. Well, this, mm. this is what happens when you get a dish, which is basically three ingredients. Like, they all have to be fucking nailed on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you get, like, the hot, hot crispy fries, as, as, as Miles just said, like, as a bed. And then you pack gravy on top 
um, and both of those things gently melt the cheese and this kind of changes the consistency of the dish from start to finish mm. you start out by kind of eating three components separately and then the heat kicks in and they begin to like meld more and more together changing each other's textures and flavors along the way mm. so it's like a transforming meal yeah like transforming under your very nose as you're shoveling yes. it into your mouth. It's good stuff, really. Like, they've kept it simple. And it's paid, yeah. I think it's paid dividend. I think it's, it's, it's a good dish. It's a good dish. You're obviously not a fan, but... It just comes back to the cheese and gravy combo. Maybe just can't just, get over it. Maybe we've just not had it good. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm. I think we've just not had good poutine yet, have we? Yeah. No. If we actually went to Canada and had it, I think my mind would probably be changed, wouldn't it? I think so. I think so. But anyway, where did this delicious, in my opinion, not Miles's, Canadian staple come from? Uh, and how did it, how did it get the name poutine? Where does it come from? Let's get into it. The origin story is about as hotly contested as Jerusalem. There are a number of people basically trying to take credit for the food's invention, and it's a true origin story that remains unclear to this very day. So this is this is one of these episodes, well, where we uh, yeah. we're going to hear like a series of um, contesting claims. Mm. Well. Whoever it is, what is clear is that poutine was born in rural Quebec in the 1950s is where poutine came from. 1950s is not that long ago. No, not long. It's very, very recent, recent history. history in the grand scheme mm. of things. So Quebec is one of the 13 provinces in Canada located kind of on the east side of the country. It's got a pot that. It's got a population of about 8 million and includes the cities of Quebec City and Montreal. Mm. So is this like the French section exactly. of Canada? Yeah, so the official yeah. language in Quebec is French and right. um, that kind of makes sense that the French-sounding poutine was founded in Quebec territory. So, I don't, But is that... I, know, I never really knew that it was like an East is French, right? Uh, West is Can- Canadian. I just can't even speak now. <laughs> Lost all, you're, all you're, sense you're okay, of the English language. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, and I've, in, what I was trying to say speak, is, I didn't know it was in, in East. decibels there, lad. No, not in a language. <laughs> like Doctor Seuss or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what I was trying to say is that I never knew it was an East slash West thing, whether it was French or not. So the main French region is Quebec, and that is in the East. But right, there is right. also it's surrounded by English speaking. Mm. Canada as well so it's not oh, yeah. like it's not like east versus west it's kind of just in the middle really but it, yeah. it's in the middle okay. to the east <laughs> fair enough yeah so we know in uh, poutine was born in rural Quebec in the 1950s but who is actually credited with its discovery well as we've already said it's contested as fuck and we're gonna have three challengers all vying to be the prince of poutine Miles, and you're gonna be Ooh. the one that decides prince right? of poutine prince of poutine there's th- at least three fellas out there that thought that they were the first ones to put cheese and gravy on chips, right? All right. Fuck me, they're they're passionate about it. Anyway, the first challenger is a restaurant called La Lutan Quere. La Lutan Quere. 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 So yeah, obviously, as with any episode of What the Food, we're going to absolutely nail these pronunciations. Um, So there's no need to write in and correct us or anything like that. Just don't need to do it. Yeah. Because we know, we know that it's we've right. nailed it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Ludan Gary in Warwick. What do you think that name means, Miles, in English? La Ludan Gary. Query. Um, the light is quite right. Almost. It means the laughing elf. Right. I was close, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were just, I just, just a few, just, <laughs> just a little bit out the out the area with that one. I just looked at the words and it looks like la light qua eat right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, okay. 
Good logic. What do you mean? It's about the, an elf. The laughing elf. Oh my god, okay. Right. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. Mad little name for mm-hmm. a restaurant, that though, isn't it? Mad little elf. The, the mad mm. little elf. <laughs> You're some poutine in the mad little elf. <laughs> no, mate. Uh, no. <laughs> Sounds weird. <laughs> oh, the laughing Warwick elf. as well. Laugh- Warwick, Warwick sounds like an English place. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Right, so it's the laughing elf. The laughing elf in Warwick. Yeah, anyway. Okay. Sorry. Off, yep. off topic there, don't we? With the uh, mad little elf and whatever fucking you said. <laughs> the, light the light is quite right. Quite right. <laughs> <laughs> Great name for a restaurant, that. Great the name. light isn't quite right. Yeah, why would you call it that? <laughs> and when you go in, it's really bright really or like, dark. or sometimes it's really dark. Really dark it's, yeah. it's always not quite <laughs> Two right. Two extremes, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's like really red. It's the like it's the right brightness, but it's a, the wrong color. Yeah, and yeah. and every time you go, just the light is not quite right. Not, it's not quite right. <laughs> just this light, it's not quite right. Not quite right. But what is quite right is the food. It's always right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, sorry, I've completely derailed you. It's all right. Challenger one. Le le lutin quirit. Yeah, exactly. Like le lutin Okay. This place used to be called le cafe ideal, which would have been helpful if it was still called that because that's a lot simpler than what we were trying to say. <laughs> um, it, so it used to be called le cafe ideal in the nineteen in nineteen fifties, and the owner, a guy called Fernand. La Chance is convinced that he is the original inventor of poutine. Right, okay. So it's in 1957 when Fernand, Fernand recalls getting asked by one of the locals, a bloke called Eddie Lanes, to put a handful of cheese curds in their takeout bag fries because he was in a rush and needed cheese on his fries. <laughs> right, okay. Which is so, a pretty mad thing to ask, isn't it? It's like... Fernand, man, give me some, give yeah. me some cheese curds on these fries, yeah. quick. Yeah, throw some cheese curds on my fries, quick. Man's got a bounce. Man's got a bounce. <laughs> Imagine here at Mackey's. Yeah, yeah, love. Come on, put some fucking cheese on these fries, please. <laughs> the American square cheese. Yeah, it just slapped on. <laughs> but it's interesting that um, Fernand is saying that it's his invention when actually it was one of his customers. Yeah, unnamed customer. Unnamed, unnamed. So... Well, no, he's not unnamed. Eddie, Eddie Lance. Oh, Eddie. Eddie Lannis. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Fernando remembers shouting at the time. Saver faire une madite poutine. Brilliant. Go on, just because this will be funny. What do you think that means? <laughs> it's unfair to make me make poutine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've nailed that. Yeah? You, sir, are a natural-born speaking French person. <laughs> what? What is that, actually? It will make a damn mess. Okay. Kind of. Not too far. Make yeah, it, what did I, you say? It's unfair to make me make poutine. No, not not close at all. What, <laughs> what <laughs> no, the actual he, translation well, is. Well, no, because he's like complaining about having to make it. He's kind of still complaining about having to make it. Yeah, but poutine yeah. means mess in French. Oh, does it? Mm. Right, right, got you. So it's so poutine means It will make mess. a damn mess. Yeah. Right, okay. Right, yeah, so I was nowhere near, actually. No, nowhere no. near. No way, no way, no. So he puts these cheese, this cheese on, on the fries and he's like, yeah. ah, don't make a damn mess. Yeah. Well, one thing you know about French people is that they generally know how to cook and they take it very seriously. And they also don't really mm. mess around with recipes. They're very, they're very mm. traditionalistic cooks, aren't they? They are. They, are they, they have a way that's, that's the way to do something and that's how they do it. So mm. when you're asking a Frenchman to throw, ch- you know, cheese curd on French fries, he's going to have a problem with it, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, it seemed like upon seeing this gooey cheese melted all over the fries he'd just Mm. cooked, he was 
perhaps not best pleased by its appearance because like you no. said they're very um, traditionalist when it comes to their food and they like yeah. things done in a certain way don't like things too messy no. and obviously it's refined isn't doing it? so yeah exactly he, he used the word to describe it poutine which is kind of a lo- local French slang term for mess and that's where we get right. the name from okay cool yeah because it's a messy dish isn't it like you said yeah, as the cheese dish. melts it kind of gets gooey and you've got all the gravy and it does kind of become a bit of a mush towards the end of it so kind of the perfect name when you when you break it down yeah yeah exactly Mm. so he ended up adding the dish to his menu in the same year but this time it was served on a plate rather than in your standard paper bag and by gravy still not around (laughs) at this point (laughs) cheese curd fries and gravy in a bag in a paper bag bag. like a brown bag yeah, but that's not like a not like a placky bag <laughs> <laughs> no way it would almost be better in a placky bag in a, nah, it's gonna, like a tesco bag you just no, got your gravy's of... just gonna like disintegrate your, pla- no, your there's um, no gravy there's no gravy at this point there's no fucking no gravy. gravy i'm jumping no, the gun i always just, do just... this you always bloody do this <laughs> right that makes a lot more sense okay yes paper bag freshly fried chips and uh, yep. cheese curd got you cheese curd boom yeah done you don't know so wax it on the menu start serving it on a plate rather than in a bag and it's by 1962 when Fernand started pouring hot gravy over the fries and cheese curds to keep things nice and warm plus moist and thus modern poutine was born boom so that's the laughing elf story of events yep the light that's, is not um, quite right the light the light is not quite right that restaurant they just couldn't couldn't get the lighting right <laughs> <laughs> well, they got the poutine right. But I was going to say, the poutine was just right. Right, so that was Challenger 1. Challenger 1. Upstep, Challenger 2. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Le Roy Giuseppe is a drive-in restaurant located in Drummondville, which is a city within the Quebec region. Drummondville? Drummondville, yeah. Mm. Mad little name, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know why. Any, any, anywhere that's got Ville on the end of it just sounds like it's the setting of a 1980s American horror film. Ah. You what, know, like Amateurville? Yeah, just any Ville. I just feel like I just don't want to go to a Ville because there'll, there'll be some kind of exorcism there or the some kind of haunting horror. Yeah, mm. something, something's going to go down in Drummondville at some point. And mm. yeah. We don't go there anymore. There's murderers. Drummondville, where at night at three in the morning you hear drums all the time. <laughs> Non-stop. <laughs> Non-stop, and it's so scary. Also very annoying. Also really annoying when you've got to go for work at dawn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's not conducive to living a proper balanced life. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Le Roy Jusset was opened by a Mr. Jean-Paul Roy after mm. he spent seven years as a cook at the Hotel Mont-Royal in Montreal. So, well. very typical sounding Frenchman, Jean-Paul. Yeah. yeah, so he returned to Drummondville and opened up kind of a small snack bar on a place called snack Lindsay bar. Street. And he called that Le Roy de la Patata. Patate. Patate. P-A-T-A-T-E. Patati. Patati. <laughs> if it's French, though, isn't it? It can't be patati. That's no, like it's Italian. Yeah, or we're just like saying him. it in, a, in an Italian accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pata- patati. Patati. Anyway, this no, small snack bar, he operated it with his wife, Fernandi. Fernandi, yep. Um, snack bar. This, snack this whole bar. snack bar thing. I'm just imagining like Twix's, Snickers, ah, Mars. Right, just so like a corner <laughs> shop, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's a, a corner shop owner he's trying to like upsell his, his establishment this yeah, is a yeah. snack bar <laughs> ends up paying fucking more tax because he's got to like get a license for a bar yeah yeah it's actually just like a corner shop 
Yeah. With with the door just always open. <laughs> yeah. We have inside and outside seating. <laughs> <laughs> There's no chairs, but you may sit. Underfloor. <laughs> just bucket started around that you can just perch on. Snack bar. That's a great name for a convenience store. Yeah. Snack you bar. Heard it here first. Is it actually? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Where, where are you off to? I'm just going to go down snack bar. Do you want anything? Yeah, yeah? I suppose so. But where are, getting, where are you getting from snack bar? Oh, I'm just going to get my dinner. What are you? What are you? Uh, I'm just going to get some laundry detergent. Yeah, so I, don't snack on that though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in small writing above the door. Yeah. Not everything is worth snacking on. <laughs> Please don't snack on old produce. Thank you. Decency is a black. All right, snack bar. Leroy. Snack bar. What's his name? Jean-Paul. Jean-Paul Roy. Jean-Paul um, Roy. Jean-Paul Roy. And he, he owns the owns and operates a snack bar with his wife. And um, yeah, I mean, at this point in history, the potato is pretty common in these parts, but it wasn't really consumed with gravy. It just mm. wasn't something that was done. This is probably where your ancestors are from, Miles, because you've got the same ideology. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's in my DNA. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But in 1958, Roy began serving his fries with a special sauce and this phenomenon basically quickly gained local popularity and demand for Roy's special sauce and fry combo began to grow never a fan of special or mystery or no any of those kind of words when it comes to food nah Mm, tell me what is in what I'm about to eat (laughs) exactly give me the 52 ingredients in this dish secret recipe like nah I don't want it. No, I don't no, want that. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, he's serving fries with this special sauce. And so he's got that on the snap menu bar. at the snack bar. <laughs> Another item on the menu at Roy's place was fresh cheese curds that were delivered daily from the local dairy farm in the area. Mm. Can I um interject a question? No. What? It- okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, cheese curds. What is that exactly? I'm, I know it's cheese. I know it's some kind of little knobbly bits of cheese. They almost look like, mo- they look like kind of mozzarella pearls in a way. Mm. So but what's the cheese? What is cheese curd? Why don't you explain to me what you think cheese curd is? Cheese curd. Okay. So when you make your cheese, mm. you do a lot of like mixing of it and churning yep. it. And then you kind of compress it mm-hmm. to make the cheese. Mm-hmm. And then is there like some little bits that then gather on the top of the water after you've squeezed the cheese? Yeah. And those little dangly, straggly bits, Mm -hmm. is that your curd? Exactly, yeah. So it's a mixture of like whey and curd. Right. And then the mixture is then like cooked and pressed to release the whey from the curd, creating the final product of cheese curd. Right. So it's kind of like little cheesy pieces, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's, it's good for eating. Yeah. Good for you. No, it's not good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't eat loads of that if you're on a diet, man. No, No, don't. Don't. Yeah, I eat that in moderation. But it, it's <laughs> right. good. It's, it's good for eating. Good for right. eating. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a slight difference in <laughs> yeah. the meaning of that that I yeah, took there. compared to what you meant. I was very careful yeah. with my language there. And then you it's good for you. Is it? The, the bit that you want to go order a bucket for. <laughs> oh, they're healthy, are they? <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, it's not good for you, but it is good to eat. You can eat it, and it tastes yes, good. exactly. Okay. So Roy has cheese curds on the menu, and basically a few hundred IQ customers started ordering a side order of these curds and then placing them on top of their uh, fries and special sauce mm, and started mixing okay. the two together. Roy got obviously started noticing that people were doing this and then started serving it himself. Right. And thus, cheesy potatoes and sauce was officially added to Le Roy Giuseppe menu. There you go. That's quite a strong claim, mm. I think. That sounds kind of very feasible. I think so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So by around 1964, Mr. Roy moved to a new location 
and opened up the restaurant Le Roy Jusset. Mm-hmm. And right from the start, Roy's new restaurant began to popularise the drive-through service by kind of waitresses working outside. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, these 60s drive-through things that you yeah, see yeah. where people just park up and then waitresses will just come round and like take orders from you and your car. Like, there's no drive-through like nowadays. Yeah, it's like um, it's like a drive-in cinema style, isn't it? You can't, everyone's kind yeah, of parked exactly. in a car park and you wind your window down and they come over. Yeah, and Exactly. Mm-hmm. In Canada exactly. though, because um, could be cold. Sounds like if cold. anywhere you want to sit inside and eat, it's Canada. Inside. Yeah, but people might be in a rush. Maybe yeah. they might have maple syrup trees they need to tap. Yeah, um, yeah, all that. A moose that's just got into the kitchen. Yeah, hockey game on at seven. Just naming stereotypes of Canada here, aren't we, really? Yeah, yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Speaking about Canada, they were the one of the first ones to do this. They were kind of the doing well in Canada anyway. Uh, Le Rouge Giuseppe was one of the first kind of fast food restaurants to implement this uh, drive-through service mm. as well. So interesting little tidbit. Yeah. Also, I don't know if um, poutine is the best thing to eat in the car. You know, it's very um, yeah. Th- th- there's a, a risk that you run there mm. of potential chaos. Yeah, because it's gonna have to sit in your lap, isn't it? And that bag's gonna be hot. That bag's gonna be hot. And if you've got and if you try and reach over for your, your can of whatever and it falls off, you've got sloppy, melty. Yeah. Cheese in all the carpets of your car. Carpet. Mm, You'd have to to make sure you had leather. Mm. All Canadian cars are leather for this exact. This exact reason. Yeah. 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 Is this is this got the poutine wipe leather? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every car comes with like poutine guarantee. <laughs> yeah, poutine cloth in the glove box of every car. Anyway, so mm. he's he's one of the first restaurants in Canada to kind of operate this uh, drive-through service, and he's also one of the only restaurants to sell the cheese curds with fries. That kind of doing it as well. Mm. True pioneer. True pioneer. But what about the name? Well, Roy says the name poutine came quickly because at the time it had become far too annoying for the waitresses to write cheese, potatoes and sauce on their ordering books and for abbreviation of the name and in connection with the name with the word pudding which was often used as a time for this mixture at the time right. they came up with something they came up with poutine basically yeah. which not sure about the logic yeah. you know like if you wanted to shorten it you'd just write like CPS wouldn't you just the initials yeah cheese, potatoes, sauce you don't need to come up with a random word that doesn't seem to kind of relate no Based no. on pudding as well. Mm, mm, it's not very near kind pudding. Of like a, no. Not so sure about that one, Roy. Yeah. But um, they also have another claim, just in case you weren't sold on that one. They used to have a cook at the restaurant called Tipu, who um, basically the whole thing kind of degenerated into a bit of a joke and everyone said that Tipu makes poutine. Right, okay. Yeah, a bit of workplace banter there. Yeah, yeah, a bit of workplace banter, and that's how the name Until he quit, because he was getting bullied. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hates poutine now, absolutely hates it. Can't eat any of the three fucking things that make up poutine anymore. (laughs) Named a dish after him as well, and everyone's ordering it, and every time, everyone's laughing at him. Horrible people, really. Horrible, horrible. (laughs) Whatever the case is, in November of 1998, the restaurant made its position official by registering the trademark Le Inventor de la Poutine. Whoa, they've gone... They've, the inventor of Poutine. They've gone for it. Yeah. They, exactly. they want it officiated. They've gone for it. And they, yeah, and they got it officiated. And they display this trademark slap bang in the middle of the restaurant to this very day. Of course they do. Of course they do. They're extremely proud of their history and have this lovely statement on their website. The entire team at the Leroy Giuseppe restaurant is proud to serve you the same authentic poutine that has made it famous by always and carefully using the same secret recipes. Spices, sorry. Essential components <laughs> of the very famous Roy Giuseppe sauce. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> the same secret recipe. Ooh. Spices, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> said it wrong. Backtracked. In character. <laughs> In character. <laughs> yeah. Top notch. Yeah. Top, top notch. Never, ever, as a performer, break character. Rule break one. Break character. So one rule. Yeah. One Rule one of drama school. Never break character until the curtains are drawn. That's it. So they're very proud. They're, they're proud to serve the same authentic poutine that has made it famous by always and carefully using the same secret spices, essential components of the very famous Roy Giuseppe sauce. So yeah. Yep. They, they sound like they care about it. Yeah, yeah. pretty strong challenger, if you ask me. Mm. Lots of minerals in the fight. Fairly believable origin story. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. When doing this research, it kind of made me think, like, you know how superhero origin films are constantly being made? Yeah. We could we could do that, but for food origin stories... We definitely could. We definitely could. Mm. Well, you know, the, the, the possibilities are endless. This is why we've got the best podcast in the world, because, you know, you could make this a yeah. TV show, you know, where me and you go around mm. the world and uncover these origin stories and go right to the source of, of the things we're talking mm. about. And, you know, meet, like ancestors of the people that we actually talk about in the podcast yeah you know and, and ancestors of poutine yeah you know and we could actually mm. we could hand make cheese curd for the show we could um we could i was yeah. thinking about turning each one into like a really action-packed film though where kind of like lots of drama and intrigue oh uh, right okay yeah like proper dramatizing yeah. it yeah like, yeah like marvel it just pump it out mm. boom 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 we'd have toys we'd have poutine little cartoon characters yeah um, um we create like an animated division yeah um, yeah how long are these um movies do you think um three to four hours mm, not sure sh- yeah, uh, mm, yeah mm. maybe yeah, we'll have to see it written down. Get, mm. get a script over and we'll, <clears throat> we'll go from there. Challenger 3. Challenger 3. So the next restaurant on our list is Le Petit Vache. Le Petit Vache. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. What do you think uh, Le Petit Vache means, Miles? The small vag. Ooh. The small vag. So you got the, right? The petite is small, isn't it, surely? The small. Little. The little. Vash. V-A-C-H-E. All right. So, maybe, so yeah, it's not going to be vagina, obviously. So... No. The small or... Yeah, the small vash. The van? Van? Is it like a, a vehicle? Small van? Why would they call a restaurant Okay, all right. Yeah, no, van? yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the small... Think food. Plate. The small plate. Small plate. No, cow. 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 Small cow. Vash is cow. Small cow. Yeah. The little cow. Little cow. <laughs> the little cow. <laughs> Yeah, it could be a tapas place, a small plate. Oh, Miss Shaw. If she, if Miss Shaw ever listens to this podcast, she's going to be fuming with you. Look, I didn't pay attention at all no, in French. It's evident. It is evident. evident. I know it is. I know. I know. Le Messi And we, we were the first year group that didn't have to take it as a GCSE. We weren't made to, were we? So no. I was just like, great, dropping that straight yeah. away. I'll never be cool to learn another language. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thinking I'm really cool dropping it when actually that's yeah. a super useful skill. Do you know what, though? <laughs> I did take up food tech. And, you know, here yeah. here I am with an award-winning, uh, you know, top 16 podcast in the yeah. West Yorkshire food history category. So, you know. <laughs> award-winning. <laughs> What's this award ceremony? <laughs> Go ahead, name the fucking, what, what was the name of the award? It's, it's, it's the, 20... uh, we're, we're, in, we're in the top 16 of the West Yorkshire food history podcast category. How many podcasts? Food history podcast from West Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And we're only number 16. We're not even number one. <laughs> wow. Look at me now, Miss Shaw. 
But anyway, yeah, like like, I'm, like I was saying, I took food tech instead and very glad I did. I'd rather have the skills and knowledge about food that I have than be able to speak French. It's a close one, okay. but it's, uh, yeah. Close one. So Le Petit Vache. Le Petit was founded in 1966 and is located very close to the Princess's Cheese Dairy, um, which weirdly produced a lot of cheese curds without having anywhere to sell them. Right. Strange. Well, it's, it's, it's so a byproduct, isn't it? So that's like, you can't make cheese yeah. without kind of making cheese curd can you exactly. so a lot of places exactly. that don't have a market for it they still have the cheese curd but they just don't have anything to do with it mm-hmm. it kind of becomes yeah. um, animal feed doesn't it a lot of the time am I right in thinking uh, that or it, it, did, it did in England I think right. during the um, that's kind of what we covered in pork pie episode wasn't yeah, it yeah we did yeah there's a bit on that um, yeah they were, so, they were just oh, gave yeah. it to the pigs didn't they to fatten them up and that's where we got um, Melton Mowbray that's it yeah. spoilers um, but yeah so these guys uh, the dairy people basically began trying to trying to peddle the curds directly in the restaurant itself the kind of cold hard cash right okay. someone in the restaurant another another uh, 100 iq person basically bought mm. the fries from the restaurant and the cheese goods mixed them together boom 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 and poutine was born yeah. according to this version of the story the dish was originally known as 50 50 as well since it contained uh 50 fries and 50 cheese which whoa that's a lot of cheese that in it it's a lot of the cheese. Poutine we had like had a sprinkling on the top. Yeah, Can't imagine fifty percent cheese. <laughs> what? That's a big old bit of cheese, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like a wedge of cheese that you've just bitten into there. Yeah, that's not right, surely. Nah. Don't know about that. Nah. So quickly this combination was added to the menu at the restaurant of the little gout and a gravy option was introduced, which went by the name of Mixty. Mixty. M-I-X-T-E. That's it for this one, really. I couldn't really find anything else on mm. um, on their on their kind of origin story. Yeah. Even on their official website, they're not really claiming they're the original inventors. They just claim to have legendary poutine, which right. I So it's more a case of other people kind of saying that it's there rather than them themselves so. saying that it's them. Exactly. Okay. So however poutine originated, the combination of fries with the region's celebrated cheese became a hit. Marie Helena of the tourism centre in Quebec had this to say about her nation's favourite dish. We have a lot of cheese products here. It started a bit like that because everybody was coming to the restaurants at the hour where the cheese would be at its most fresh. So at five o'clock, everybody would go to the restaurants just to have the freshest cheese and the freshest fries together. Right. Okay. So they want the good the, old days. The good old days. They want both of those things kind of individually at this point, but both to be fresh mm-hmm. and then as possible. Yeah, as fresh as possible. Yep. And then they end up just combining them. Yeah, and that happens to be five p.m. every day. Why so, is the boom, cheese everyone's freshest at five? Can I ask? <laughs> Yeah, I thought it would have been in the morning. Yeah. Like, that's when you'd make your cheese, because that's when cows are at their most... Um, lactating. Lactating. <laughs> <laughs> that's, when the, that's when the teeth of the cow is ready to burst. <laughs> Everybody knows, 6 a.m., <laughs> the <teeth> is good. <laughs> Titty time. 7 p.m., too late. Too late. Teeth closed. <laughs> Titty closed. <laughs> um, five o'clock. That's Five a weird time, yeah, to have the freshest yeah. fries and the freshest cheese. I do quite like that, though. It's quite cool, isn't it? Like, every day, 5pm, you just know, shit, I need to be need to be down the restaurant. Because yeah. Well, it's a bit fishy, this, because 5 o'clock, they know everyone's going to be coming off work. So it's convenient, mm. isn't it? That, that you know, convenient. the time when most people mm. are free is when your cheese is the freshest. Yeah, so you think this is a, like a QAnon conspiracy we, We've seen right through their plan. We have. Good old days, meeting up, 5pm, fresh fries, fresh cheese goes miss those days yeah beautiful yeah i mean despite the nationwide popularity of the dish 
for some, the dish is still still has like a power to evoke painful memories of a time where Quebec was seen as culturally backward by the rest of Canada. Oh God! So this is kind of like an interesting bit that I found in my in my research. This mm. kind of yeah, I mean we'll, we'll get into it. So Quebec itself is like a fascinating place with a super deep history. You know, um, some Quebecers themselves see Quebec as kind of a nation within Canada. Mm. Um, you know, ninety five percent of people living in Quebec either speak French or have can you know some understanding of it okay. compared to the rest of Canada where 98% of the population use English speak English mm. have it. so it's kind of like it's, it's like a country within a country almost yeah I was going to say when um, yeah I think like when a group of people that are in one country that speaks one like a, a language but they all speak a different language they kind of form their own culture mm. within that culture don't they in a way yeah and um, definitely don't know where I was yeah, going with yeah. that yeah. yeah I got, I got what you were saying it was, it was a good message it was a good message yeah <laughs> But they, yeah, they, it's like, yeah, it's like you said, it's like a country within a country. They've got their own mm. very unique kind of um, sense of themselves, haven't they? Definitely. And the people from this region, they were they were mocked and ridiculed for having such an unsophisticated food associated with their area. Right. And basically there was a stigma against poutine that was difficult to shake for the mm. people of Quebec. During those kind of early years of poutine, it was very much looked down upon as kind of like a working class junk food. Mm. And at times kind of like a subject of shame, like you'd only have a poutine when you got absolutely smashed or right. you were just absolute heifer or something like that yeah but, it's like what well, it's like making your national dish like a, a doner kebab yeah but then exactly. i don't know in turkey that kind of is like you know yeah, Adonna, this, seen differently. This is, more, this is more like people are like this is so simple like this is just three ingredients just kind of slapped together there's no skill in this it's shameful basically yeah. it's unsophisticated yeah and it doesn't um, it's not steeped in in ancient history either is it it's not like you can say like you know the peasants that first no. landed here they you know like yeah, a lot exactly. of the stories that we kind of cover it doesn't really have exactly. that you know grounding in history does it it's no no and even the origins of its name it literally translates to mess yeah like, yeah yeah i mean what i found during my research in the beginning people of quebec were not happy to be associated with poutine it was a junk food that you would never really make at home it was unsophisticated and they didn't kind of like being associated with it and they were ridiculed by the rest of canada who looked down upon them anyway because they were different because they spoke french and they weren't kind of purely canadian in, in that yeah, sense exactly slowly but surely quebecers began to understand how comforting poutine was and how mm. much of a joy the dish was to place in your mouth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even if something doesn't have history or tradition and even if mm. on the surface it does seem simple and kind of a bit silly, if unless you taste it and it's unless you yeah. taste it when it's done properly, you can't really slate them, can you? No, That's no, exactly. If it exactly. tastes good, it tastes good. The Montreal chef and restaurateur and TV host Chuck Hughes said... Growing up, poutine was like a reward. It was always the go-to junk food that no self-respecting parent would ever make at home. It was definitely a guilty pleasure. So, yeah, so he's basically saying that, again, growing up, it was kind of looked down upon. No self-respecting parent would make it at home. Mm. And it was seen as like a guilty pleasure that kind of nobody wanted to yeah. admit that they were scranning. And, but in 1990, journalist Paul Wells wrote that. It's become Quebec in a bowl, a shorthand symbol for the province which finds its way into editorial cartoons, comic monologues, and anywhere somebody needs to evoke Quebec and get a laugh at the same time. So you can see, like, as time goes on, mm. the, the area and the people of Quebec kind of adopt the dishes one of their own and really kind of, kind of like, so start to associate yeah. their culture with it and their kind of unique, yeah, unique culture yeah. in comparison to the rest of Canada. Mm. It's finding its way into, um, like, cartoons and comic yeah, books exactly. and things. So it's becoming 
becoming kind of like part of pop culture at this point, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Whenever someone needs to, you know, evoke a feeling of Quebec, they yeah. use poutine. Fair um, enough, yeah. Yeah, but however, like all symbols, poutine has often been appropriated by others, and it wasn't long until there was attempts to label the dish as Canadian. Oh, oh dear. Ooh. No, that's been met by absolute scorn with the people of Quebec and its population. Not Canadian, Québécois. Québécois. From Quebec. Mm, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it, this? Because Quebec yep. is... Quebec. Um, Quebec and people from Quebec are called Québécois. Québécois. But, it, but yeah, it's a difficult, this one, because they, they are in Canada. And I know, mm. I know, like, you know, it's like even in America, Texans often kind of distance themselves from Americans in general, don't they? They, they always mm. refer to themselves as Texans and they almost treat it like a country within a country in, in, in a similar way. Um, yeah, it's a very similar scenario, that. Isn't it? But then to the rest of the world, you know, when you look at a typical Texan dish, I don't know, Tex-Mex or whatever, for example, mm. it's American, isn't it? It's so American. Yeah. Mm. So to the outside world... You wouldn't call world, it Texan, would you? No. But then but then if you're an American, maybe you would call it Texan food. So mm. like, I feel like it's only Quebecois dish if you're Canadian, but it's a Canadian dish if you're from elsewhere in the world. Nice. Unique way of looking at that. Yeah. Well, that's not what Mark uh, Chuck Hughes <laughs> says. Well, that's wrong. Says, so... <laughs> Writing for the Toronto Life magazine in 2011, Mr. Hughes lamented that. Over the past few years, poutine has become known as a Canadian dish, and it's totally not a Canadian dish. It's Quebec-Quebecois. Quebec-Quebecois. Quebecois. We've been saying it for the past 10 minutes, like. No, I can't. Quebecois. Quebecois. Oh, my God. Quebec. Quebec. It just goes in one ear and it goes out the next. I've already forgotten how to say it. Quebecois. 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 Break it down. Break it down. K is Q U E. K. K. B. 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 E. Quebecois. Quebecois. Got it. Quebecois. What did I say? Quebecois. <laughs> yeah, good try. Good try, Miles. Good try. Good try. So he's kind of, yeah, he's like cementing the idea that it's not a Canadian dish. It's very specifically Quebecois. Basically, everything that you said before, your your point, he would disagree with. Yeah, we would definitely <laughs> argue about this. I mean, I think this is fairly, um, you can kind of fairly see the uh, stance of the locals of the Quebec regions on this whole mm. naming of the dish as Canadian. They, they're, they're, not, they're not fans of it, basically. No. I mean, uh, it's, it's the whole this whole debate is actually still going on. Um, okay. In 2017, a guy called Nicolas Fabien Oulet, something like that, a Montreal and postgraduate student in food systems at the University of Vermont, he wrote an academic paper arguing that the presentation of poutine as a Canadian dish had effectively been used to tarnish Quebec culture and undermine its legitimacy of self-determination as a nation. Oh, do you know what? Some people just really want to fight about something how, how mad is that <laughs> he's turned it so political hasn't he so political does it so need to political. it's fucking chips and gravy and a bit of cheese lad isn't it isn't it um i mean he gave an interview to new, the new york times and this is what he had to say like Celine Dion, poutine was once mocked and underappreciated in Quebec. Now that poutine has become an international superstar canadians want to say it's theirs but it is not 
So it's very bitter, very bitter man. I think. A, yeah, and I think you can, you know, if you're an intellectual person, you can find a way to make any argument about anything political yeah. if you try hard enough. Exactly, if you try hard enough. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's he's turned um, Putin into something that's um, that doesn't need to be a political argument. I don't think. I don't know. No, I don't think so. But whatever, whatever the situation is, whatever the geopolitical situation is, Quebecers and Quebecois are clearly proud of their chips, cheese, and gravy. Yeah. So don't be trying to claim them. Do them fries ain't yours, my lovely fries ain't yours. Those curds ain't yours, brother. Those curds ain't yours. So after the dish kind of gained popularity in the um, small towns of kind of southeastern Quebec, it descended upon Quebec City in 1969, um, starting at a place called the Ashton Snack Bar Food Truck on um, Boulevard Hamel. You telling me there's another snack bar? Um, there's another snack bar. They love their snack bars. In Canada. There's another snack bar. Um, so it gets to Quebec City in 69 and then in <laughs> and then in Montreal it arrives in 1983 right and as it's, it's it kind of enters the city as like a street food um, and it becomes super popular um, and you've also got kind of the with this popularity you've got more people selling them mm. and then you've got the arrival of the chip truck Ooh. which is a food truck that just sells poutine basically chip truck, chip truck. okay chip That's truck cool yeah. Kind of as Putin's popularity spread throughout kind of Canada, obviously various iterations began to appear. You had Italian poutine, which was kind of made with spaghetti sauce or sausage in place of the gravy. Okay. You had ve- veggie yeah. poutine made with mushroom sauce oh, and vegetables. No. no. And then you've got Irish poutine, which is just made with lardons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're joking. Nah. Just, just fried just, pork just pieces. Fried pork pieces. Oh, no. Gravy and cheese. Mm. <laughs> oh well yeah fair enough I mean yeah. they all kind of sound like they work the mushroom sauce was a bit left but yeah I don't know yeah exactly you also get regional variations start popping up you've got stuff from the Gaspesi region which are um, theirs kind of involves chicken and green peas mm, interesting okay. from Montreal you get Montreal style poutine which is basically made with smoked meat basically lad there's a lot you can do with chips cheese and gravy yeah yeah there is yeah because really you've only got three ingredients there and you can always add more you know exactly and it's a quick thing mm. to throw together isn't it like once your chips are fried you kind of throw in yeah. on whatever you've got lying around at that point yeah exactly anyway. exactly um, and by the 1970s the dish has reached the US and in places like New York and New Jersey you get something known as disco fries which is basically the exactly the same dish but instead of the traditional kind of Canadian cheese curds mm-hmm. you just use shredded mozzarella right okay which is more readily available in those kind of parts of exactly yeah. exactly yeah yeah like traditionalists would not consider that authentic poutine no because to them authentic poutine has to have squeaky cheese curds that are produced in kind of why do you keep using the squeaky Quebec. word it's really not it's like, it does make a squeaky noise doesn't it well, it's, yeah, like no, eat, um, it's right it's a good it's a good explanation it's mm. a good uh, word to describe it for sure but yeah. squeaky i mean I like uh, squeaky cheese no halloumi is a very squeaky cheese isn't it yeah very squeaky, very squeaky. <sighs> like intensely squeaky it sometimes Intense. goes right through me when i'm eating it yeah when you when you have it raw just oh god I don't know yeah yeah but poutine cannot be poutine with grated cheese that's all you need to know it's not a thing can't be with grated no no cannot be with grated has to be with cheese curds if you want to call it poutine my friend so 
kind of life continued to prosper for poutine started spreading through kind of fast food chains uh, mcdonald's catapulted it into kind of fast food fame oh, yeah, yeah it, it appeared on the menu in canadian cities Whoa. yeah yeah so i think it was in the 1990s they um started it out in quebec and then kind of began offering it on the menu to kind of other canadian locations mm. um, and then you've got other canadian fast food chains like harvey's following suit in 92 and it's just kind of it's everywhere basically now you also have had speciality poutine chains and restaurants popping up in Canadian cities, including uh, Smoke's Poutinery, cool name. Wow. And then you've got Poutini's House of Poutine, which is just brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Great, I love that. Poutini's oh. House of Poutine. I reckon there's like house music non-stop as well. It's oh like, yeah, tss, it's tss, absolutely tss, balmy in there. Yeah, but also balmy. poutines. So there's a guy knocking about that place called, that's called himself Poutine. Put, no, Poutini. 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 <laughs> Great. Hey guys, I'm Putini. <laughs> I'm Putini. Come in. Jeez. Um, so yeah, you've got speciality places opening up and then it also starts to spread overseas with kind of poutineries popping up in the likes of the UK, Korea and Russia. Well, and that, my friend, brings us right up to today and kind of the poutine rich world we live in. It's kind of a very mm. modern history. So we kind of know a lot of the backstory behind kind of the early claimants for it mm. and we can kind of see its its uh, public opinion also change throughout from yeah, you know from definitely. its conception right up until the modern day um and that you know the fact that now it is actually a canada's natural national natural dish <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> it just grows in canada that's why it's their natural dish right it just grows out the natural. ground like they're just natural. organic it is their national <laughs> dish wow. it's um it's still not that popular of a dish outside of canada though i think well, i mean maybe it is in america but you know i'd be kind of hard pressed to head out into leeds tonight and find poutine you would i would be you would i'd find I, that a i difficult think it's task. because cheese curds are not really common here is that what it is yeah i think that's that's what it is yeah. i think we just don't i could get chips and gravy in like 30 seconds yeah instantly <laughs> with, with instantly like chips literally and gravy instantly there's a shop like, over the road you could probably walk outside your front door and just shout and someone will come <laughs> someone will come running yeah definitely yeah. but yeah i think you're right there it's the it's the curd element isn't it the, it's the curds i just don't yeah. think because like look at british cuisine what do we have that's got cheese curds in it like nada. nothing yeah yeah no. you're so right yeah. um, i think that's the problem because gravy fuck fuck me well, especially in the we're, north we're in yorkshire yeah wow. gravy's like yeah consume more than water around it exactly and potatoes big fan of them as well so yeah. the, the only thing that's missing is a cheese curd, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to have to get our curds from Amazon or something, just get them in bulk and then we're ready to go. Oh, Bezos curds. <laughs> <laughs> Bezos curds. <laughs> Fucking homemade Bezos curds. Oh. Makes him at his villain lair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. His Hawaiian villain lair shipping out curds with little microchips in them. Loads of workers that couldn't fucking meet targets. It's just milking yeah. them to make the curds. Yeah, you don't meet your quota at the Amazon warehouse. You go to the bean curd factory. <laughs> Bean curd, what am I on about? Bean curd. <laughs> oh, God, you don't want to go there. Oh, God, don't go there. <laughs> no, that's, that's when you can't make it the cheese curd yeah, factory. You go to bean, bean curd factory. <laughs> oh, so I'd like to close this episode out by playing a little game of true or false. I love this. All right. So I'm going to read out some poutine-based statements, and you have to tell me if you think they are true mm-hmm. or if they are false. Got you. Makes sense? Makes sense. The world's largest poutine ever weighed more than a large horse. True. Very true. Yep. So the largest poutine in the world was made yes. in Quebec in a place called Sagunay. Nope, not that. <laughs> not in Asia. You went a bit Japanese on me there. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> it's S-A-G-U-E-N-A-Y. And it weighed 654 kilograms. That's a lot of slop. That's a lot. A lot. Six. 
154 kilograms. What was this? Like a festival or some kind of like poutine? It's a Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday, 13th of March. <laughs> yeah. Just an ordinary Average day. day. <laughs> um, that's mad. That is mad. That's a Isn't lot. It? That's a lot. 654 kilograms. I can lift like 100 kilograms when I do a bench press. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Weird flex. Oh, whoa. You're cool. <laughs> a five-door Suzuki Vitara weighs 654 kilograms. Okay, so it's on par with that. <laughs> on par with a car. Five-door car. But An SUV. A what? Small FCV. <laughs> How are you getting to the centre of that? <laughs> I don't know. Here's your poutine goggles. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Okay, um, well, you did, you did, you, you smashed that one more. Yeah, but what, do we, I need some context, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why? When? How? Uh, it was some, some sort of Guinness World Record thing, wasn't it? I don't oh, really right. ate it, really. They okay, just, um, just did it for fun. Just did it for fun. You know how like, humans do this, don't they? They want, like, the world record. And then yeah, they and they're willing away. to just, like, waste perfectly good food when there's, you know, starving yeah, yeah, people yeah. in the world and they just don't care. But yeah, yeah for, you know, for the gram. <laughs> <laughs> Is that taking no, a picture? No, I was doing like oh, little, right. I was doing little hand symbols, but obviously you can't uh, see it. So you, all you just got was the mouth sound. So you just yeah, got the, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but I was actually doing like a <laughs> cool little uh, thing. Right, right. I got you. I got anyway. You. I, um, can picture it. I can picture it, mate. The next one. There is a drinkable version of poutine. I'm just going to go with false because I can't even begin to put my mind to that place. You're wrong. It's true. So a company called Jones's Soda Company has made a flavoured soda that tastes like poutine. That's disgusting. It's like, you say you basically just drink a bovril, like a carbonated bovril. Yes. Carbonated yeah. bovril. Yeah, but carbonated. That. Because this is the problem that you have, that some people have with um, fizzy water, is that we're mm. so, our brain is so accustomed to expect a sweet flavour when you're experiencing bubbles and fizz that anything mm. that's not sweet immediately after the fizz seems really mm-hmm. you know bitter and like flavor lacking so yeah yeah fizzy you're gonna get that fizz straight away and your brain's gonna be like yes so it's like coca-cola mm-hmm. and then bam you're gonna get gravy gravy and you're just gonna you're gonna Juice. just vomit straight away yeah it's not gonna be nice at all moving on poutine is named within the top 10 greatest canadian inventions of all time um gonna go with true yeah correct so in a poll conducted by the cbc poutine took the number 10 spot in um, the greatest inventions it It beat yeah just made it but it beat off the electron microscope the blackberry and the paint roller whoa okay that's 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 big products right there the blackberry Blackberry was massive Mm. like you could argue it was the first ever smartphone really yeah Um, and cheese chips and gravy yeah a paint roller as well it's like pretty fundamental. Yeah, very useful. Electron microscope. Sounds, sounds like we've cured diseases with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that don't make it. <laughs> anyway. The winner of the... So this is a... Oh no, it's two more. So the next one. The winner of the 10th annual Smokes Poutinery World Poutine Eating Championship managed to eat 28 pounds of poutine in 10 minutes. I'm going to say false because that sounds a stupendous amount no it was true and the lad was called joey chestnut joey chestnut <laughs> joey chestnut a local lad 28 
pounds of poutine oh, in 10 months. Oh, my God. That's a festival that I'm really okay with never going to. Would you never go to the 10th annual Smokes Poutinery World Poutine Eating Championship? I think if I was in the neighbourhood, I would go to the poutine never eating everyday poutine contest. Yeah, but I'm not yep. going to travel to it. No, if I'm in the neighbourhood and I can just see a flag waving in the distance and loads of people cheering and fat boys all heading down that direction, then yeah, I'll follow it. <laughs> <laughs> You see Joey, Joey Chestnut and his fucking boys walking yeah. down there. And you're like, awesome, oh, poutine is going to go down in a yeah. minute. I need to follow Joey, Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut and his cronies. Do you reckon he's called the nut? He's got to be called the nut. <laughs> the nut. He's got to be called the yeah. nut. Joey nut. Beat up any children. Hey, up big D. Beat up another 10 year old. That's it. This one deserved it. This one deserved it. Hey, up Joey. <laughs> yeah. Eat any more poutine? This one tasted real good. <laughs> yeah. Last one. That's why I won't keep you here all day. Noki poutine is a thing. Um, I'm going to say true. Potato and is there. It's a ele- big element of um, noki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very true. And to be honest, it sounds like it slaps. So I think you got um, five out of four yeah. there. No, nope. you didn't. Four out of five. Four out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Good job, maths with me. Um, and that's the story of poutine. Yeah. Very interesting kind of modern history that we've just gone through right there. So, yeah, next episode is going to be our 20th mm, episode. Big one. So um, we've not decided. We've got a few kind of entries yeah. on the cards about what we're going to yeah. do. Um, but we want it to be a, a special, interesting one. Not that they're, they're all interesting, I think. But we yeah. want, you know, well, like a Summit. star of the show. Yeah, something different. Yeah. We've done, um, yeah, that's, we, we kind of work that way, don't we? We kind of write like a, a, a bunch of dishes that we'd like to cover. And then we kind of pluck mm. ones from that, don't we? To do each week. Yeah, exactly. So maybe we'll have a little scan of the list and see if we can pull out a special one for, for the big two zero. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for uh, thanks for listening yeah and um, make sure you keep tuning in yeah definitely for this evergreen content that's just getting better oh, and better but yeah thank you um, yeah. thanks for joining us I hope you've enjoyed it see you in the big 2-0 see you in the big 2-0 bye guys <laughs>